Remember that one time we had to record a whole episode because we like didn't plug in our <laughs> No, like that was literally why. I mean, only some shit that you could do in person. We're like, that's fine. Let's go to like Giant and like get some snackies, like teehees. Like we literally didn't give a fuck. And I'm like, that's so wild. I feel like we cared a little, but we were like young enough and this was new enough that we're like, I guess I'll start over. (laughs) Whereas now we'd be like, well, I guess no one's getting an episode this week. Guess the podcast is over. No, I literally have that thought all the time. Like, I'm like, what if we like just fuck up and like the recording stops or like my computer shuts off or like some shit like that? Especially after like a guest episode or like a two hour episode. Like, I honestly Ooh. would be like, I just, what if we never did this again? This is causing me trauma <laughs> and I'm over it. Like, done. oh my God. No, we definitely cared at least a little bit. Um, But yeah we were just like i mean it was, it was what that was what like sula so it was like well like part, yeah yeah he's like okay we, two yeah i'm like it's like we only got like two previous like we <laughs> if we chop ourselves already everyone's like we don't know who you are right like who are you like we actually this has no impact on any of our lives like honestly um you had a podcast <laughs> It's like, no mama had. And it's like, damn, already? That's why. Wow. So <laughs> right. That was a cute, like, month. Um. Anyway. Oh, that's so fucking funny. I love that. Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fun uh, to see, and... God. Magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Woo! Yes, colorful backgrounds, and welcome back, y'all, to CPBC. Yes, have missed you, and we're glad to be back. Absolutely, doing things a little different this season. You know, changing things up, <laughs> trying a different <laughs> format. They're like, really, is it going to be different, different, or like you did one thing different? Okay, don't call like- us out this early in the episode. <laughs> like y'all are wearing like yellow chokers while you're recording and it's like that's the only thing that's different it's like that's not that's so subtle that like why would that (laughs) translate to the mic right um, right and also we can't see (laughs) right (laughs) so like that's actually a relevant detail um (laughs) we actually tape every episode in dinosaur onesies i know y'all don't know that (laughs) is that true i don't know could be could not be okay so anyway the reason we are telling you about the switch up is that we're no longer going to do like backgrounds on the authors. Not because we don't think the authors deserve to have their accolades praised, but it's more like it's not really the focus of the podcast to talk about accolades and, you know, mm. awards. The focus is more like we chose these books because we like these books and we found them interesting. And having accolades or not having accolades shouldn't deter or recommend a book. <laughs> right. So that's kind of what we're going to try. And then maybe later someone will be like, give us our flowers. And we'll be like, we're sorry. We're so sorry. Yes. But for now, <laughs> we're going to switch it up and instead ask, well, first we'll tell you what book we're reading. I know we told you in the announcement episode, but we are reading the second book, The Kingdom of Souls Trilogy by Raina Barron. And I mm-hmm. want to ask Marcy, why did we choose this book? Okay, so love this question because we both were like, we have got to do Reaper of Souls. <laughs> like, it, like I'm, I'm sorry, like it's literally not an option. Like, we got to do this shit. And the reason why is because for anyone that listened to Kingdom of Souls Part One and Two, which by the way, 
you must like it like it's just like i mean <laughs> I, at least if you have not read the book right like because like i mean that that's gonna be all the requisite context you need but that book was so wild like it was just Truly. so much going on so yes. fast paced so like just i don't know like it was like, it was such a chaotic ride but like I don't know. I just loved it. I was like, I yeah. really like this book. And like, it just had a lot of charm. And so both of us were kind of like, I mean, shit, it's a trilogy. I mean, we always do like for the past three years, we've been doing what? Like um, the Broken Earth trilogy as our first book mm-hmm. in every season. So we were like, what if we just kind of kept this slot as like a, you know, trilogy moment. So yeah. we're like, well, shit, Reaper of Souls right here. So yeah, we just kind of went to see. I'm like, I got to see how this shit ends. Like, we got to see what <laughs> happens next. Cause like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, Aka, what, what did you think? Yeah, I think everything you said is accurate. I also think it's, you know, like we started the show with, like you said, uh, the fifth season, which is a black female written sort of fantasy novel. And this seems like the spiritual successor to that, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's also fantasy. It's also a black woman who wrote it. It's also like deeply entertaining. Um not nothing to compare you know no need for comparison between the two so but Mm. i think it's just a fun little successor as we figure out hey what what do we want to do and maybe our next trilogy will be something completely different or maybe no we don't know but um Mm -hmm. i think we just had so much fun with it (laughs) (laughs) give it a sequel so yeah yeah. absolutely absolutely and i will say yeah like this is yeah we typically i mean Sometimes we've done it, but typically we don't repeat authors either. And so, like, again, it was kind of like, okay, well, shit, this first slot, why not? Mm. So, love all of that. Also, in the vein of switching everything up, like, literally switching everything up, like, is my name <laughs> even Marcy anymore? I have a oh. question um, that I would love to ask. <laughs> Everyone's like, Marcy can come up with questions. And I'm like, I know. Literally doubted it myself. <laughs> So I'm going to ask the question for this episode. Not sure if I'm going to like, I'm going to always do this, but like we really were like, we're coming back like season four <laughs> up in here. Like we got to like really switch it up for the girlies. So let's see. Okay. So my question is this. So in this book, we see magic show up in a variety of different ways. So we see it in sort of herbology and a little bit of stri- like space travel and mm. the healing arts, soul embodiment, et cetera, et cetera. If you had the ability to cast magic, what would your specialty be? Ooh, ooh, I was anxious already because I'm usually, <laughs> you know, that person in Jeopardy, the host of Jeopardy, who's always like, yeah. hey, sorry, the answer was this. And it's like, you know, because he was the car. Right. <laughs> I feel like that was me for the last two seasons or three seasons. I've been like, ooh, sorry, the answer is this. And now I'm like, um, what is um, Domino's for 500? <laughs> pizza for 600 it's like i don't think that applies but i mean if your magic is pizza like who am i to police that like you know what i mean like but i love this question what would be your specialty oh my god because like i always know what my superpower will be but um mm-hmm. my specialty and it's just a, any range of magic it can be anything i can come up with yes but like it's, it's essentially your like subgenre. like where would it mm-hmm. focus in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like healing is too easy. I would love to be a healer, but I feel like that's too on the nose. So I'm going to try to choose something eclectic. Um, mm. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I would be like, um, 
I don't know. Maybe someone who can like, like influence like the mm. emotions in the room or something. Like someone who could like, like maybe see through facades or something. Like I could, yeah. Someone who could just like, who could influence the subtle energies and power dynamics in the room. Maybe something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, I'm here. I feel like this is also Jasper's power in Twilight. So maybe I'm not a creative. But but like if there was like a power, you know, like if I walk into a room, I could be like, oh, this person actually upset with this person. And then I could change the energy. So it's like, actually Mm -hmm. everyone's peaceful. Like, and I would be like someone you would bring in for a negotiation, but then maybe someone else had my power too. And like, you would Mm -hmm. always bring your like, your emotional manipulator or something and it's like a battle of the emotional manipulators to see who can like set the tone of the negotiation you know <laughs> yeah something yeah so that's i think that's my eclectic answer i think my like normal answer is like i'll just be a healer it's like oh i got a boo-boo i'm like well here's some you know pepto-bismol <laughs> right and some ibuprofen <laughs> but magical magical pe- <laughs> what about you marcy what would you I- do I love that. It's like, I have a boo-boo. It's like, so we're going to go to the Rite Aid and I'm going to shift some of the dynamics in the store so that they attend to you first. Um, Ooh, it's just like, that's interesting. I love that so much. That's so creative. Um, so you would think since like I made this question, like I'd be like, yeah, like I'm going to sit down and really think about it. But I was like, I have to like honor the energy of the question. So I literally came up with this question and proceeded to not think about it. <laughs> but I will say the thing that kind of comes to mind is like... Sort of a mixture between flight, time travel, and like plant usage. So what I mean by that is like, it kind of makes me think of um, Encanto a little bit. But like, I love the idea of like, being able to like surf on plants or being able to just like, Mm. kind of control the like growth process of plants and sort of like manipulate, a lot of manipulation here, but like sort of like, I guess, manipulate like, like how they grow and like in a way that's advantageous for me. So for example, if I like needed to like get up onto my roof for some reason, like I'm like, Oh, like I'm just going to like create a vine real quick. It's just going to like come down, like wrap around me and like lift me up. Mm. Like it's like, I can kind of like manipulate plants. Um, okay. It's sort of the thought process. And like, if I needed to like fly, I could just like, I don't know, create like this like wave of plants that I'm just like surfing on. Ah. Granted, like that's just like, I don't know what's going to happen in the aftermath. Like, are we like, we're just going to like leave these plants. Like, just like, <laughs> I mean, the world, like the world would literally just be overrun. Like it would just be like kind With of plants. wild. But would that be bad in this like deforestation environment that we live in? Like, like, yeah um would be i will say that like there would probably be a subtlety of like okay like what are the plants that are actually like local to this region like let me not be out here just wiling and just bringing in like a cactus in like the middle of like Mm. i don't know minnesota or some random shit you know like it's like let me try to be things where they belong exactly like not be like too completely destructive or maybe oh even better i'm sorry workshopping it as we're talking about it what if i could kind of like control its growth for a second and then return it back to whatever its stasis is so like i can't create a plant necessarily but like if a plant already exists i can like artificially make it bigger or like 
Oh, do something there, okay. and then once I'm done using it, it goes back to like whatever it was doing before. I like that. That feels less destructive. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that because also it feels like you're in communication with the plant. Like you're like, mm-hmm. hey, plant, I just need like you to be bigger for a second. Right can, now, can the plant say no? Can they be like, um, I'm napping right now. Like it's winter. Call right. it in the spring. Like, <laughs> it's like I actually only have power in the spring. <laughs> um, like, have you? Have you? Did you give us fertilizer? Did you water us? Yeah. No, but you wanted this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no that's right no i would definitely need to like also negotiate on my end what is their benefit going to be from working with me and how do i position myself in a way that like i show up ready for these negotiations but um Ooh. i will say part of why i feel this way is one plants are out here being sickening and like i mean i always said yeah. that like in pokemon grass types were my favorite but also i literally went to a botanical garden yesterday and i was like the world is so beautiful so i feel like i just like am really thinking about plants and i'm about like plants. they're just so beautiful so yeah plants that would be yeah. i think you're right about that i agree with you thanks friend thanks so that's what i would do um i'm sure people are like wow so y'all wouldn't like breathe fire or like i don't know like a fly we're like no like planting emotional nuances <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like you know because there's superpowers and then there's like magic you know what i mean mm-hmm. flying kind of like i think maybe like straddles the line but like you know like sometimes i'm like f- well this is probably all you're right fire and i'm controlling the elements is probably also kind of in the magic category but i feel like there's like magic can be so many things you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't know yeah. like, m- magic could be like spells it could be like other things that if Akko could think of, she would give more examples. <laughs> <laughs> <But> it's, just, <laughs> it's just, you know, I feel like there's more subtle things you could play with. I don't know. But anyway, I like yours about plants. I think plants are quite magical. So, oh, so yeah. Thank you. Oh, lovely. Well, that was our question. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to get into the plot summary of part one of Reaper of Souls. Woo. We are. So, okay. As this is a sequel, we're going to give you a quick summary of book one. But if you want to know everything that happened, you know, read the book. Right. <laughs> Just read it. Oh, or you could listen to our podcast. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, both are both are options. So, if we recall, <laughs> and maybe, honestly, some of this stuff was filled in in book two, so you might not actually have known this from book one, but here we go. There's mm. a planet named Zoran, and it has a major town called Tamar, which is, like, where the Almighty One sits. And there's mm. all these other places, too, in this, the, the world, but they're, like, kind of irrelevant. And then around Okay, Tamar, that was unclear to me. I was like, is it just Zoran and the tribal lands on the whole goddamn... Like, like are there other <laughs> co- like countries and shit? Like, I like had no idea. Yeah, it's a little unclear. I feel like Zoran is the planet, and there's a bunch of different planets and a bunch of different dimensions. And mm. you're like, the dimensions? There was, was that mentioned in book one? It was not, but we know not. now that it's true. And then there's a <laughs> bunch of different countries which are not relevant. There's Tamar, which is where the Almighty One sits. And then there's the five tribal lands that surround Tamar, which 
if you recall from book one, everyone was murdered by Aphia and yep. her crew. Yeah. But before they were destroyed, the tribal lands were like rich with magic and the people there embodied the magic. Whereas um people in Tamar worship the Orishas in the tribal lands they worship Heka. And the people of Tamar, like some of them can see magic, but most of them can't use it except for the um, mm. charlatans who like trade their lives for magic. Um, but and, it's like and, a so, shitty magic. Like it's like a like it's like a yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's like it's, it's, like, it's like, like girl, you can do magic, but like oh, like ooh. right. It's like oh, I where are my keys? Found them, but maybe actually that's <laughs> very useful. <laughs> it's like you traded thirty years of your life for your keys, okay. <laughs> right? You could have just put them in one specific place, like you right. Didn't need to <laughs> like that was a, a choice, but go off. Right. <laughs> okay, so the main character is Ara, <laughs> who comes from a prominent Tamar family of magic users. No, a prominent um tribal land family. I can't remember what her tribe is, but there's like a, they're magic users. But she dun 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 can't use magic. And everyone's mm. like, Ooh, ooh, sorry, sis. And she's at the age where they're like, You're probably not honestly gonna get any. So she's super sad about that. And then, you know, the the plot kicks off with these children going missing and her <laughs> her favorite child, we warned Kofi, goes missing, even though he's barely mentioned. But mm-hmm. um, And we find out later that who's been kidnapping them? None other than her mother, Artie. Dun, dun, dun. And mm. so she, Artie, is trying to sacrifice the children to bring back the demon king, who's an ancient god who wreaked havoc until, I'm pretty sure the Orishas like, low-key put him down, but also kind of didn't because the Orishas only half do anything in this Like... Book non-committal than a motherfucker like i'm just like why like why are y'all here like truly, what exactly second book they're like why are y'all here still on the same bullshit i'm like yeah, we truly. gotta i don't know humans we gotta i don't know we gotta the gods are nothing but consistent like so. i guess I, I mean i guess jesus <laughs> um uh, by the way there's like a little love thing between rujak who's the vizier's son and Ara, who is the the Ka priestesses, Artie's the Ka priestesses' daughter. Mm. And so they have had a thing going, but it's kind of star-crossed because the mm. seer and the Ka priestess hate each other. But actually, Artie has a really good reason for this because the previous Ka priest was abusive psychologically and the Vizier, Rujek's father, basically like manipulated the old almighty one into like blaming Artie and like no one believed her, <laughs> basically mm. making her life miserable. And then she called the Orishas for help and they were like, oh, sorry, we were just, we were taking a lunch break for the whole time <laughs> that you were asking for help and we just like did nothing. Like and my whole like, life? And, okay. Right. <laughs> so she's like, and so it's my fault for asking the demon king for help okay i heard you thank you so she basically works with the demon king to like bear a child named aphia who is supposed to take over the world release the demon king so mm-hmm. that he can be with his lover and aria and her friends her, her wacky group of friends <laughs> have to confront aphia with with you know there's some assassins there's some cravens and some Show. anti-magic oh my God. <laughs> there's some orishas <laughs> riding down on elephants in the sky you think like, we're kidding but we're not we're literally not bullshit <laughs> um, orishas that got murdered earlier in the book by the way just, come back to life yep, right literally. and in that process mm. you know her father who was you know, under a spell by RT is killed. Her grandmother dies. Everyone in the tribal lands basically is murdered. Yeah. Uh, Aphia is killed. And we learned that Arya is actually the unnamed Orisha, a.k.a. Dima, a.k.a. the Demon King's lover. Yep. Because shout out to the Orishas. So Dima used to be an Orisha herself. And mm-hmm. basically... 
she was like, she fell in love with the Demon King and made him immortal and it like fucked up everything. We'll go into all of this in a little bit. Yes. But basically, the Orishas were put in charge of like killing Dima. Like they were like, okay, we got to take Dima out. Like she over mm. here, like wildin'. Like she's changing the properties of the world. Like she got to go. Like she is, <laughs> like she, she's the target this week. And they're like, I right, boom, bet. But instead of doing that, they were like, oh, what if we just like took her soul and just like, Right. plunged it into the human souls so like it could just kind of swim around from generation right. to generation taking hosts within different people every i don't know whatever the average human lifespan is <laughs> um <laughs> and so it landed in aura which is why now her spirit is like she's basically dima right mm-hmm. um and i'm like wow orishas we could have really just i mean i guess for plot else. convenience like it's good that like they didn't do that but i'm also like so we just left dima's soul in a pool of humanity, knowing right. that the Demon King can be resummoned, mm-hmm. technically, they're like, we just didn't think that would happen. And I'm like, you're you like, didn't think that. Why leave the, you know what? Mm. It's fine. Let's talk about Dima. So, <laughs> basically, so this book gets into Dima's backstory a little bit. So, I'm going to just like kind of go through that. And then we're going to officially go into part one and part two. Yes. So, basically, the book starts with Dima, again, unnamed Arisha. And she talks about how she's lived like thousands of lives, but she remembers a very specific memory from her first life. So in the memory, we see that she's in a castle that's built by Daho, the Demon King. And she's like holding their child um, mm-hmm. before this Orisha named Fram, who's the Orisha of life and death, basically shows up. Dima like blinks and then like she looks down and like her baby's mm-hmm. like gone. And she's like, oh my God. And so she kind of assumes that maybe like she perhaps killed it. And so she like feels really guilty. And so she asks Fram to kill her. So it pauses there. It goes a bit earlier, and we see some of Dima's earlier memories. So basically, Mm. we see a memory of her being born. It was interesting, and I'm not sure if this is true of all of the Orishas, but Dima didn't really have, like, a body. Like, she was just kind of, like, vaporous, immortal, just kind of existed among nature. Kind of like a force than, like, a person, really. Yeah. Um, And she would just, like, spend a lot of time, like, at this lake, like, just contemplating her life. And then one day, Daho, age 17, mortal AF, um, mm-hmm. shows up to this lake on the brink of death. And so Dima, like, heals him. She carries him to safety. And basically, Daho wakes up, and, you know, they're, like, talking. And essentially, the two of them hit it off, right? Like, they start to really yes. connect. Daho comes from a really tragic past where, like, his parents were, were recently just killed by his uncle, who essentially was, like, trying to rise to power and, like, took them out. He's now on a mission to, like, avenge his parents. And Dima's like, that's great that you want to avenge your parents, but, like, you also need to, like, heal. And, like, we got to make sure you're, like, ready for that shit. Like, you cannot... Your uncle sound like a bad bitch. Like, that bitch sound like he will actually... Like, you got to be ready. You got to be at least level 92. And, like, right now... 43, which is respectable, <laughs> but not enough. We need we need to do a bit more here. Um, and so, you know, in that process, they get closer. They start sharing stories. There's, like, sexual tension. And we, like, mm-hmm. know how this is all going to end. But um, that's kind of, like, what we see so far in part one. Yes. And we should also point out that Daho is not human. They're, like, a race of demons but demons aren't like in like i guess the christian or judeo whatever western or i don't even not really they're not like demons like we know them conventionally basically they're like corey's first creation i think they've Mm. got wings or something or maybe they made themselves some wings and bought some wings from the wings (laughs) they all went to costco (laughs) you know they um and they aren't immortal originally yes demons technically are supposed to die as well as humans yes 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 all right. Well, anyway, so that's probably more than you got from the first book, to be frank with you. But 
starting <laughs> from part one because <laughs> i was reading this book and i will get into a discussion section i was like oh wow they really filled in some gaps here um which okay. thank god yeah yeah which thank god it's true <laughs> like shit but um okay so pivoting to part one so we see ara is working to heal sukar a few weeks after the battle with afia now i had forgotten this but apparently in the battle completely forgotten this apparently in the battle like ara had like shoved sukar away from afia and into a wall and so sukar is like badly damaged so she's using oh and then also we should have mentioned this too but after all the the chiefs of the tribes were murdered they like all inhabited Ara. So now she has Ara is honestly, she's got a lot of superpowers. She's got demon magic or a connection yep. with the demon king. Yep. She also has Hekka magic. She has yep. all the chieftains magic in her. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, she might have like through she what we know she doesn't have is anti magic. We know that for right. certain <laughs> that is not a magic she has. <laughs> But all the other ones, she's got those. No, she's so she overpowered uses, AF, literally. It's true. It's true. So she uses her, you know, chieftain magic to help heal Sukar and, like, gives him some cool scar, uh, tattoo thingies that will help him mm-hmm. live or something. Anyway, so when she's, if you guys remember, also her other friend, SNI, is there. And so... Mm-hmm. so they end up leaving to go back to tamar well right now they're just like traveling back to the city mm-hmm. and if you if you all remember from the last book or you don't basically everyone's really mad at ara and she's also technically been banished with her mother um mm-hmm. who if we recall killed a bunch of children to wake the demon king so they're going yeah. back to tamar but Ara's like i don't know if i'm actually welcome back into tamar and she's not going, she's not <laughs> yeah just, just, she's not um but there's also like items missing from the battle. So like there's the demon dagger, which they had been searching for, which may come into the plot later or may not. But it's been taken <laughs> away by Shemzu, who's the ki- demon king's assistant. And mm. then the demon king may be dead, but actually he's probably not. But he's locked up somewhere, but no one knows where he is. So basically nothing was solved from book one. And we're really basically. just dealing with the fall of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to Tamar and just immediately everything goes awry. Like the townspeople are like, hey aren't you the Ka priestess's daughter and the sister of that person who like destroyed the whole city she's like mm-hmm, yes that was me also though i have magical powers so i don't know if you guys really want to piss me off Ooh. and while in the middle of that rujik comes up now rujik has gotten quite the upgrade i know one. that's right i know that rujik is right is, not, is suddenly the crown prince i turned the page like, back and forth i was like crown prince i'm like not she a whole prince what right. And I don't even know, like, I was like, Rujik, where, how, what, in what time period did you become the crown prince? Like, you were in the battle with them. Did you just run faster back to Tamar? Like, how did like, you get here? Battle so- ended two weeks ago. Like, it has yeah. been two weeks. How did you? Anyway, so he's yeah. with his gendars, Najka and Kyra, and they, they come on horseback and they're like, hey, by the order of the king and the prince, I say that Ara is fine. And then Ara was like, that's in convenient plot convenience mm. so that that's how we learned that Rujek's father whose name is Soron Omari has actually arrested the old almighty one Tariq Sukaro because if y'all remember in book one he was just letting Tamar being taken over like Afia was just running amok and he was like mm-hmm mm-hmm yes Tariq was like Afia you need snacks uh, yeah, what you right. need girl as you destroy my shit like Tariq he did was not like, oh, give here's the damn. keys to the kingdom like right. <laughs> 
Although we learn it later that actually he was being, which we kind of should have guessed, was being controlled by Aphion, like had no agency of his own. But, mm-hmm. but the Vasir has used this to usurp um, the prince and become the acting prince, like <laughs> I'm like acting king. Which yeah. it's like, how did what line of succession? Whatever, fine. You did what you had to do. Even the book, they're like, this doesn't make any sense, and we all know it's a power grab. But I mean, he did it. So what are we gonna do? Yeah, like I don't so, really know where a Vasir ranks. I guess according to like a. Yeah, yeah like, like a if, monarchal yeah. system like that yeah i don't know me neither and they don't explain but they do explain that it's not legit and not everyone's very happy about it anyway so rujik is by the way the book is split up it's so it's from ara's perspective and then sometimes from rujik's perspective which is new that wasn't true in book one mm-hmm. so we kind of get to follow rujik a little bit so anyway rujik is called is summoned back to the palace to have a very awkward lunch with his parents. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> by the way, um, four people were recently killed by demons, which is awkward since we kind of thought we got rid of all of them in this last battle. Although it seems like we always think we get rid of the demons and we literally never have. <laughs> um, <laughs> the viewers of Vasir, a.k.a. the acting king, is like, Rujik, as my son, you should go handle that. And Rujik's like, I, I mean, I guess. Or what else was I supposed to do? We also figure out that Rujik we learn what anti-magic is more, <laughs> um, which we didn't know in book one. <laughs> and then we learned that anti-magic is maybe just shape-shifting. Maybe basically they were created, there are creatures create the cravens or creatures created by like Ramek, the, the, the sun God to mm-hmm. fight demons or help find demons after Dima made them immortal. And so they have the power to like change their form and do all this stuff. And then also that's why, they react so strongly to magic so that they can like help find find it and like not be influenced mm. by it. So that's what's going on there. Anyway, flipping back to Ara. So Rujik's on his little mission, his little side plot that I'm sure will intersect with the main plot at some point. Right. And then Ara goes back to her father's house and she sees some memories of her father and it's actually really sad. And apparently her father had like put magic on the door so it only always let her in. Oh, That's really, <laughs> really cute. And then Rujik rolls up and he's like, hey, hi. <laughs> um, they're like, here's the thing. Tariq, you know, the old almighty one, he's going on trial for his behavior. And after that, like, probably, you know, the Vasir will definitely be king and I'll be the crown prince. And there's some stuff about sexual tension. And they're like, oh, if only we could be together. But we can't because now you have anti-magic and I have magic. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on. And um, also, I'm sorry. I, I yes. I just, <laughs> this may be too granular, but the fact that it is called anti magic <laughs> is still it is very frustrating. I'm, like, I'm just like we like we have got to come up with another day. Like that's just it's so on the nose. Like I'm just like I mean. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Technicality. Let's move on. <laughs> I think it's true. Like, you're like, we could have named it anything. Like, we have Hecka Magic. Couldn't, you could have called it, like, rem- I don't know, whatever. Like, anyway. Craven Blood. Like, some shit. Yeah. Like, just, you know, like, get, like, anti <laughs> 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 Yeah, like, y'all can turn into fog on a mountain or, like, the forest in the in the daytime, but you couldn't right. have it anyway. Oh, my God. As to the charm. As to the <laughs> <And> charm. <laughs> Speaking of things people need apologies for, though, um, Ara does do something which I think is really good, where she apologizes to Rujek for the atheist situation. Because if we really mm-hmm. think about it, it was, you know, an unconsensual sexual situation done as an act of violence where Rujek was used to cause harm and his consent was not asked for, right? Like, 
Mm. You can't appear as someone else and sleep with someone and be like, that's consent. It's, it is like by definition not consent. Like literally not. So. Yeah. So I think that was actually a really, I think the book has some interesting points about power and psychological, you know, abuse of, of power. Mm, anyway. That's true. So after that little exchange, Rujek's like, I got to go do things for plot convenience. And I was like, okay, I'll go this way to downtown and also do things for plot convenience. <laughs> and so she's like downtown just hanging around. She sees this, this, this man who's wearing a zoo mask and the zoo is one of the five tribes. Mm-hmm. And she's looking and she's like, this is not like, um, like a play mask. You know, this is not like a pretend one that you see in the store. This is real. She's like, hey, mm. can I get that mask? And the guy's like, sure. I mean, you can also just buy it over there. She's like, yeah, 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 give me the mask. So he gives her the mask and she like, basically she uses her chieftain magic, which I, I don't know, but sure. And she sees that the memory, <laughs> like, I can't can do it. anything, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, and she uses her chieftain magic and she can see the memories of the mask. And basically she realizes that she gets into like the head of a, of a, of, a, of a, the soldier who had been mar- wearing this mask before they were they were murdered by the the, the Aphia's demons, and the person basically like I hope we gave you know people enough time to escape, and she's like maybe mm-hmm. not everyone was wiped out and there were survivors like somewhere just like scattered, and if that's the case like we can go you know repopulate the tribal lands like there's still hope. So, mm-hmm. okay, back to Rudrick. He he and his like little friends, his gendars and his <laughs> craven friends, they're mm-hmm. like low key doing their little like gotta fight the demons. It's like a detective novel. They're like over here oh, anyway. You're so right. they have they're like <laughs> going through back alleys. They run into a demon. They're like, hey man, like we're gonna fight you. And the demon's like, ha ha ha, like only if you can. And you know, there's like they're like attacking, and Rudrick's healing himself, and they're attacking, and you know oh all my that God. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then like apparently like the demons like actually so after the demon loses they're like ah i've been defeated they're like but i can't be defeated because because actually there's a whole demon world and like you guys think you defeated us but once this this door the the box where the demon king is held is opened we're gonna come back and we're gonna take over everything we're gonna divide the world up between us like wahaha wahaha you know <laughs> a lot of dying words there like that was like a right. whole page <laughs> like reject and like the Cravens are just standing there like, uh-huh, you, you finished? You good? And he's like, wah-ha-ha, wah-ha. <laughs> <laughs> like bleeding out, like literally dying. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, and then so there's like this little thing where like the priestess, the temple people are like, hey, Ara, you should become like a priestess like your your mom. And I think Sukar works at the temples. I do think that was kind of mentioned in the book, first book because his uncle like showed up for half a second like while Which, like barbecuing it, chicken to yeah. tell them to- <laughs> On his George Foreman grill, yes. Right. <laughs> so they, she goes to the temple to see Sukar, and then the temple people are like, "Why don't you become the Ka priestess?" And she's like, "Just let me just roll back the tape for you, real fast. Do you know who I'm the daughter and sister of? Do we really want me to continue to do the thing that got everybody yep. in this situation in the first place?" And they're like, ah. "I mean, at this point, yes." And so that conversation happens, and there could be some sexual tension between her and Sukar, which. I don't know if we needed a love triangle to add to the story, but I guess we're going to have it. And so she tells Sukar about the zoo mask because Sukar is part of the zoo tribe. And they're like, maybe we could go, you know, find them together. And so that's the end of, of part one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, Akko. Also, that, that meant part one as in 
part one of the of, yes. of, of just the book not part one like this plot summary no <laughs> so the book is part two yeah yeah the book <laughs> is in five parts and we only read the first two so that's up until chapter 17 i want to say yes so yes so picking up basically Ara is like okay cool talk to sukar not really sure what's going on there i'm sure it'll come up later and we're like yep this will come up later um and basically <laughs> she goes back to like his chambers for you know some gossip and see and so they have a friend mm, friend they know somebody <laughs> named Amere who like right, they grew up right. with like in childhood. She's like a couple years older than them, whatever, whatever. She they don't love Amere because they they honestly just find her kind of annoying. But like mm-hmm. she pulls up and basically Amere, I mean honestly, I mean really bringing the plot along because she was like you know, having this conversation and we learned that Serrano Mari, so again Rujek's dad, not only wants to like become like become not only just like the acting almighty one, but just the almighty one. But he also mm-hmm. wants to go to the now what are assumed to be abandoned tribal lands and like take over essentially yeah. like start to, you know, sort of occupy that land, expand, I guess the empire, whatever. And he wants to shrink the Royal court so that he can basically assume absolute power. So before yeah. the way that it was set up was that yes, you had the almighty one, but you had a lot of like, you had like the cop priestess and like all mm-hmm. these other like higher position, higher ranked people to kind of like diffuse yeah. some of the power a little bit. But he wants to kind of get rid of most of that and just be the one yeah. <laughs> to like Basically run shit. Basically a dictator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Amiri's like, yeah, that like sucks. And everyone's like, yeah, that like super sucks. And then Amiri's like, you know what would be really interesting, Ara? Like just like, just consider it. I know you're going to be like, girl, what the fuck? But like, just consider it like maybe, like may- maybe... If you want to be like the new cop priestess, oh. like I feel like that could be cute because then you could like you know help to like diffuse some of the power and like maintain the core. But like only if you want. Or it's like I'm gonna stop you right there, <laughs> Amira. I'm gonna stop you right there because and she literally like pulls out a map and she's like, yep. so here is where you got me fucked up. Um, <laughs> because what we're not gonna do, I'm not gonna be the goddamn cop priestess like my mama. Uh. My mama ain't been dead for a month. Y'all are like, Truly. do y'all want to? Do you want to just take? she's like absolutely not so Ara's like Amiri girl you're doing a lot Sukar, girl I'll see you later she like um, hands Amiri book one she's like right. read me? please read this because clearly y'all forget shit anyway so Ara so leaves it's like god damn these motherfuckers ain't even read the first book anyway so she leaves to meet I'm up with Rujek and they're like talking to each other there's a lot that they're kind of hiding from each other like Ruchek knows that the demons are back in town but he hasn't really told Ara Ara knows that there might be survivors in the tribal lands but she hasn't really told Ruchek mm-hmm. so they're like just kind of chatting around each other yeah and they're they both really just building a relationship of trust these two yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> a lot of vulnerability like truly right. like I mean just the picture of healthy communication um <laughs> so basically they like are like okay let's go into the Tariq's trial see what's going on Tariq's trial is also in a coliseum because work love that um please shame this bitch in public um so like we go into the coliseum and we see that there's a lot of interesting political and social divides happening Mm -hmm. like isn't it odd that like first of all i don't know like how do you get tickets like do you (laughs) how who gets to come because it's like the coliseum is filled with people everyone's throwing their two cents and i was like now what's do you have to like click a button and be like i would like to say that i right like how is this you know like are some people still just in town like i'm just trying to figure out who's here that is a very fair 
I actually low-key was thinking about that too because like it, like there were descriptions of like oh yeah like the coliseum goers did this and i'm like wait a coliseum goer? Wait, i thought this was like a like a specific <laughs> yeah. like like even the, the fact that it was in a coliseum i was like i thought this was like a closed door like royal right. meeting like so like everybody's here which is fine but like yeah like did were they just like girl we need to fill up these seats like we we, we need we need some extras to like make the seat like when we record this like it looks more dramatic yeah. like is it a town hall situation i don't know it's anyway. giving town hall i think it might be a town hall type but so tamar is very big like, it's so big <laughs> how are you anyway so <laughs> so we go inside the coliseum <laughs> And basically, so on one end, we see a group of people that what we essentially like to call temple loyalists who are like basically ones who want to preserve the original power structure. So yes. having the almighty one with these higher rank positions, like et cetera, et cetera, keeping magic as like a part of like political happenings and like mm-hmm. negotiations and stuff, kind of preserving what is here. And temple loyalists, I would say in the general zeitgeist, kind falling out of favor like yeah. more and more yeah. people are like Serana Mari like mama is giving it like fuck magic like let's just give him all the power like just give him the money <laughs> like right. everybody's just like whatever so we see that there's like these two divides kind of happening and so all this is happening but the book is like we, we will move forward with the plot um so Tariq <laughs> is brought out and basically has to like publicly admit to his crimes Serana mm-hmm. Mari literally pulled out a scroll and was like Tariq Sukara I will now read the charges against you conspiracy to destroy all of Tamar um conspiracy to work with Aphia the demon whatever <laughs> like mm-hmm. conspiracy like basically just like, reads like a whole list of shit like people are like yawning getting snacks yeah. the list is so goddamn long <laughs> um Akko and Marcy are like boo boo right <laughs> Boo, tomato, 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 like boo. Um, Saran's so finally like, so Tariq. Um, Wait, I think he also killed his father and brother. Under- he also did kill his father and brother, yes. Yeah. So it's like death of the Almighty One, murder against your own fucking family. Um, so Saran's like, so Tariq, like, do you have anything to say for yourself? Like, do you have anything to say? And Tariq is like, I know that, like, this sounds wild, but like I promise you that Afia was controlling my mind. I promise mm-hmm. you she made me do literally all that shit. And so I was like, girl, that's real convenient. Anyway, mm. um, I got a panel of bad bitches over here who are basically going to vote on the matter and figure out what's going to happen with Ooh. yo ass. So Saran's like, first girl, what do you say? And like the first people are like, listen, it's a chop. Tariq gotta mm-hmm. go. Gotta go. Ara also was not originally on this panel of bad bitches, but like when she showed up, they were like, oh, like she could speak to the all the old chieftains, which I guess is common knowledge now. Like I thought Aura was going to keep that one hush hush, but I, I guess yeah. that's like, that's like public news, I guess. So She's they're like, like, I actually have all the chieftains. Like I wish I could just like go up to like powerful figures and be like, I actually speak for all of Illinois, like Missouri and Kentucky. <laughs> you know? like, everyone's like, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. And they're like, here's power. And Aura's like, oh, thanks. So literally Aura was like, yeah like i'm low-key like seven different people like i'm i'm basically all the chieftains and the preserver of magic and they're like yeah Ara like now has a seat at the table so she like (laughs) is at the table where the first two people were like yeah Tariq gotta go everybody else is like interesting 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 let's at least investigate if Tariq is lying or not because what suck if he was telling the truth and we kind of killed him anyway so like agreeing should probably do something about that so saran regardless is like okay i guess we'll table the matter but like all right you got to come over later to figure out like if Tariq is lying or not mm-hmm. also clearly magic is really the biggest enemy here i mean all none of oh. this would have happened if magic wasn't a thing so honestly girl, magic is 
banish until further notice and so the coliseum filled with people who were again we still fully know the composition here <laughs> like are all like boo tomato 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 like fuck all this boo. like magic like absolutely not like girl like keep that shit and so basically everyone's like saran like i feel like that the, the crowd is very like fair weather they're like yes vasir right we actually no we want magic do we want magic team to reek <laughs> fuck you saran like literally it's just yeah, like giving that like, where are your loyalties lie and they're like look like, we're just like a, an unnamed crowd of people we don't have anyone <laughs> like non-committal af and then right. even to tariq who is literally which by the way tariq do you have the room to speak for real like this but whatever he was just like um saran i'll remind you that you're actually just the acting almighty one so you actually Ooh. don't have the jurisdiction nor the range to like I try actually, to ban magic like girl you actually got tariq. me bucked i think up. that's his uncle i thought Who's- tariq said that no, it's his oh, uncle, Damien or something. The oh, yeah. Names get confusing. But like Damien has been his is the uncle, the last surviving mm. person, except for Tariq, who's technically supposed to be king. I don't know how he got usurped, but <laughs> he was like, yeah. oh, actually, I'm going to take back the throne from you, Vizier. And then, you know, this year's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Move along. So, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> correct. So basically they're like, Saran, you tried it, but it, it's, it's a no for us. Um, it, it, that's hard. No, actually. And Saran's like, okay, well I'll be back. And so, you know, the Saran, like the target is magic. Like this week, the target is magic. So mm-hmm. he's trying to get magic on the block. Um, sorry, I just finished watching Big Brother, so like, only probably like two of you <laughs> understood that reference. Anyway, basically, <laughs> Ruchek, his little friends, Majka and Kira, and his little Craven friends, whose names I still don't know, <laughs> all go back to this room and they're like, Oh, let's have the exposition dump of a I'm century. Dead. Like, let us discuss what happens. Rumek, the like, Orisha of what, the sun, or mm-hmm. who, who was Rumek again? Orisha of a. Uh, Sun, oh, Sun Arisha. Sun Arisha. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Like, who, like took memory. over their friend Tam's body and like Tam was a side character with like no point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So basically all of them are like in this room and Ramek's like, okay, let's like really like get y'all up to speed because honestly, we need to kind of hurry this up a little bit. So basically <laughs> what we learn is that, so the Orishas, I guess, created the world and they created a gate between worlds to like travel and things like that somehow well, for re- one they have this one brother who's no longer alive named i think even who was like the orisha of time yes yes and he's yes, the yes, one, yes as a side note who shows up at the beginning when dima and and daho are falling in love and is like ominously is like this is the beginning of the end and then like dima's like can i just have like a clarification on that and he's like goodbye and you're like, like, <laughs> like dissipates into smoke it's like okay like even's being weird again right um, but, like, <laughs> so yeah so did even make the the gate yeah, I believe even made like the gates to travel through and then like Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so there's so there's multiple worlds, there's gates between worlds, and somehow for reasons we still do not know, humans need the gate to right. live. So the gate has to be here. Yeah. So we know that Corey's first children were demons and they lived on a planet called Alora. So not here. And they were the first ones to actually discover the gate between worlds and they learned how they worked. Yeah. So I guess through traveling between them or like, I don't really know, basically demons and they have these um, similar creatures called Andoans. Basically demons and Andoans are very similar. They made a trade agreement with humans. So yes. that was cute. We were doing that for a while. Dima, out of this whole Daho love story, decides to make the demons immortal. And she did that by like dipping into something called the Supreme Cataclysm, which if you remember from yeah. book one is basically... I think of it as like a time space that like kind of reconfigures or translates 
life as it ends kind of thing or like holds the properties of the universe yeah i think that's a good description i feel like it's kind of like the idea of god as like a non-physical ever present everything and then because they always say that they come from the supreme cataclysm but they're like not as powerful as the supreme cataclysm they're just like faces of the cataclysm that makes sense and so and i know they said they like we had to make this planet as far as possible from the supreme cataclysm for it like the first one with the demons so that life could start i didn't entirely get it either but <laughs> something something cataclysm dipping into power which kind of wild that Dima could single-handedly dip into the supreme cataclysm make a whole being of people immortal and then in doing so fucked up the entire balance of the universe yeah. because at first the universe was expanding but now it stopped because like i guess the supreme cataclysm was like oh y'all actually got me fucked up oh so you just yeah. oh, so we're just changing shit so basically like <laughs> It's not expanding anymore. The balance is off. Dima just single-handedly brought down the world, which kind of a mood, like kind of love love. But um, anyway, doesn't it it feel kind of like in um, the fifth season when the father was like, "Oh, so y'all just yeah, just want to fuck around and find out? That's fine." Like, and that's like the whole book. That's kind of what Dima's (laughs) doing here. (laughs) Fucked around, found out. Book two, um, basically. (laughs) So yeah, so that's the context there. Pivoting a little bit. So Shesmu, again, the Demon King's like assistant who was like really risen into relevance here, um, yeah. can like open and control the gate between the demon world and the human world. Because I guess Did in the past, like kill Eben too? Probably. Or was it the Demon King? Eben, like the time Orisha is, is no longer alive because Shesmu might have taken him, him out. out. Yeah, yeah, and that's a problem because, like, that's also throwing off the balance or something. Like, demons shouldn't be that powerful. Like, mm-hmm. Shesmu's like a regular bitch, and yet is like on a Risha yeah. status. So, like, and yeah, so he's eaten. Apparently, Shesmu's like taken out like a couple of, I think, Orisha specifically. So, like, he's powerful as fuck, and so like. Mm-hmm. He's probably using the gate to like so Kore, the the Moon Arisha, she's like searching for like the Demon King. So y'all are probably like, girl, what? But basically Kore's <laughs> looking for the Demon King's soul, which is like in like a box. But like she knew used to know where it was, but she like made herself forget where it was. So she's like looking for it. And like Shesmu's she- also probably looking for it too, using yeah. the gate somehow. Uh, sorry, what were we gonna say? I was going to say she made herself forget because of Aphia was, she was like, cause, cause these demons are killing, are killing the Orishas and they're like, well, if Aphia gets me, you know, in a corner, she might figure out where this demon King's box is and open it up. So she was like, I got to make myself forget in case I get got. And so, right. but then they defeated Aphia and she's like, they're like, so where's the demon King's box? And she's like, Ooh, <laughs> super Ooh, forgot. Don't super know. forgot. <laughs> right. And also, apparently, Shesmu can also can open up the box whenever. But I guess Shesmu doesn't have like Hecka magic. Yes, so, I think it's, like it's back to this is why like Aphia was like the key, right? Because I think she had Hecka magic and demon magic, mm-hmm. and so now, right? Because remember, there was a point where Artie was like, "Hecka, lend me your power for that time you didn't help me out," and Hecka was like, "Here you go." And then Hecka was like, <laughs> "Also." <laughs> Ara, time for you to solve this problem. And you're like, why did you give her that power? In the first you literally place? could have not done not that. Done that. That's from the book one. So in this case, Ara has all the chieftain magic, and so I think, and now, and I think she also has the demon magic now too. And so they need Ara to open the box somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Continue. 
Yeah, so all of that is explained. And like, Rutek is like on his second bag of Doritos. And he's like, wow, that's <laughs> wild. And Ramek's wow. like, I know. So pivoting a little bit, Ara, who was not in this conversation, goes home and like, is like, girl, I'm trying to just chill. That was a lot with Tariq and them. Like, Ooh, what's mm-hmm. on Netflix? And then like, she sees that like a family friend is like outside her door, like dying. I think her name yeah. is Mommy. And basically, Ara's like, okay, like, I, it's fine. I have, like, all these chieftains in me. Like, I'm just going to do this, like, spell real quick and just, like, create a new heart for you using my own. And mm-hmm. in doing so, she kind of gets sucked into, like, the abyss of death. But she's able to, like, not die. I, mm-hmm. A lot going on here. But basically, she ends up hearing the Demon King's voice, Ooh. like, in her head. And she's like, not the Demon King yep. in my head. And then the Demon King was like, not you, in my what? head like the demon like <laughs> Daho's like let's let us be clear you're the one in my head let us be uh-huh. clear on that and Ara's like that's so funny because it's fuck you all day and and Daho's like wow Dima like that's so mean and Ara's like wait why would De- wait, I'm sorry I'm not like why is he calling me Dima like I'm so confused who the fuck is Dima like mm-hmm. what so Ara's like that was um disquieting to say the least Anyway, she's like, I don't have time for this. I'm going back to the temple to see if Tariq is lying about, like, being controlled by Aphia. She goes back to the temple. She, like, does her, like, mind transfer jutsu. And she realizes that Tariq is actually <laughs> not lying about Aphia. That he actually was possessed by her and basically forced okay, to kill Okay, hold his on, hold family. on. We got to explain the mind transfer jutsu. Oh, yeah. So, there's a... So, so, yeah, I literally was like... She did... Uh, yeah. So, basically... um, I guess, so again, all of these powers are essentially coming from the chieftains that like Ara has now sort of assumed. And so basically she's able to do a spell where she's able to kind of go into Tariq's psyche and like see things from like his point of view at that time period. And so like she sees him like living and like hearing Aphio's voice like inside of him and kind of like feeling the involuntary like pull of her onto like, you know, weapons to like attack Mm -hmm. his father and kill his brother and like all this other stuff. And so... Yeah, so I was like, yep, I recognize that voice. That is absolutely Afia. Afia fully made you do that. And so, like, Tariq is like, I'm free! And then, like, immediately, <laughs> Tariq, like, <laughs> like, immediately, like, immediately tries to attack Saran. Saran's like, for attempted murder against the right. acting almighty one, you are now <laughs> banished from Tamar. So, Tariq literally got banished in, like, two minutes, like, a goofy. Um... Anyway, so Ara's like, that was a lot. I'm going to leave real quick. Um, she like leaves, comes back for dinner at the temple. Spending a lot of time at the temple with a group of mm-hmm. bitches that she clearly doesn't like. At the dinner, she sees R- Ruchek flirting with this like princess of the north named um, Princess no, no, she Vika. Doesn't have, she doesn't go back to the temple. They, um, the, the mom of Tarek is like, stay for dinner. You've saved her son's life because they were going to execute him. And now he's been banished. It kind of seems like the banishment was like a compromise. And then, like, the Vizier tried to, like, banish magic again. And they were like, can you stop trying to ban magic? And he was like, fine, Like, it's fine. not happening. <laughs> yeah, stop trying to make fetch happen. So then the mom was like, I invite you, Ara, to dinner. And so then she's at dinner with Rujik, the Vizier, all the, the high, powerful families. And Loki, this princess from I don't know where, but she's significant, I guess, for the love tri- triple, love triangle, square, quadrohydrate. <laughs> Calculus, octo- goddamn octagon. love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Parallelogram up in here, yes. 
<laughs> so thank you for that, Akko. Um, but yeah, so basically Rujek is like f- kind of like Ara thinks that Rujek is like flirting with Princess Vika. And so she's like, oh, like heard you say less. And so Ara like uses her magic to like shatter Princess Vika's glass. And it like causes this like whole commotion. Ara ends up leaving and Rujek like confronts her and is like, bro, did you seriously like break her glass? Like that's so late. And so then Ara's like, yes, I did. But like, we don't have time for that because me, S9, Sukara leaving tomorrow to like go to the tribal lands to see if anyone is survived because I found a zoo mask and was able to see that there were survivors so like we're leaving tomorrow and Rujek's like that's so funny because there's literally demons still in tomorrow like I actually have to fight them and like honestly like we're actually pretty concerned about a demon takeover so like I have things to do too and Ara's like that's so wild that we spend so much time and not talking about that and Rujek's like I know so that happens and then they're also yeah. like yeah and we also can't be together because you're anti-magic and my magic so like LMAO like that sucks and so, <laughs> oh yeah. Also, Rujek, like, I guess also, I, I think Ara just straight up told him, like, oh yeah, by the way, like, the Demon King is, like, low-key talking to me. Like, that's yes. super wild. And Rujek's yes. like, that's, like, actually really wild. Um, maybe it is but for the best that you kind of leave tomorrow for a second, mm-hmm. like, goddamn. Um, so Rujek is like, wow, that was wild. Ends up meeting up with his friends, Rumek and all them, to figure out where Shazmu went. And basically what they're thinking is like, okay, okay. So if, we know that 300 demons survived the battle with Aphia. Like, they're probably being concentrated somewhere. Like, they're probably being... Like, they might be just hiding in plain sight. Like, I think we're, we're, we're thinking too granularly about them. Like, there's a mass of demons. There has, they have to be somewhere. Well, like, I think they're basically like, what if the demons are smarter than we think and the, the ones that are showing up are distractions and actually there's, like, a huge groups of them that are hiding and... They're just giving us these like red herrings, so we waste our time fighting these red herrings when actually they're like concentrating power elsewhere where mm-hmm. we don't we don't have demon sightings. Um, right. So Rujek's like, you know what will help with that? An army and a map. Yeah. Oh, and so he like goes to his dad and he's like, Can I get an army and a map? And Saran's like, I feel like one of those things is easier to acquire than the other. But yeah, both of them are completely <laughs> up completely up for grabs. So that night Rujek is sleeping and he gets attacked by so if y'all remember from book one there are these creatures called familiars that were sort of like nobodies in Kingdom Hearts like there are mm-hmm. these shadows that like show up when like bad shit's about to happen and so usually like you can if you possess magical tendencies you can see them but like they don't really affect you but like Rujek literally gets like attacked by them um, yeah. maybe and they're he has more to get... like heartless than nobodies yeah I get that yeah because the nobodies were like they were like white right yeah yeah okay yeah so the the heartless then so basically Rujik is attacked he gets saved by his like cravens or whatever and he's realizing like okay like these familiars are probably sent after me because maybe I'm onto something with this whole Shazmu mm. shit like they they may they may be trying to take me out and I'm like I think Ooh. we can th- I think that maybe can be replaced with they are trying <laughs> to take you out Ruchek um that is indeed what's happening anyway Ara S9 Sukar go to the desert as part of their like quest to like find people in the tribal lands and they end up running into Tariq at this bar because again he got banished mm-hmm. and he like kind of makes an ass of himself but basically he approaches Ara and is like I know what's going on and I'm willing yep. to help you in your mission so like 
can I join your party? Question mark. And Ara's like, oh God, we, I mean, we really, I th- really <laughs> thought we were kind of capped at three here. So like, we'll see what happens, but most likely Tariq is going to join the party. So, yeah. well, I yes. think also Tariq was like, I overheard you talking to lover boy, uh, Rujik in the garden. And I know that you have been talking to the demon King. And I know how dangerous that is because I also had Afia inside my head and I don't think your friends are going to do what needs to be done if they need to take you out. And Hara's like, yeah, that's probably true. And he's like, I would, though. And so she's like, all right, well, you're basically the Chekhov's gun of this. So, yeah, sure. Join the party. Yeah. So there we are. So that's how part two of the book ended. So a lot of things there. But mm-hmm. we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into all of our feelings and thoughts on Reaper of Souls part one. And we're back. Woo. (laughs) Woo indeed. (laughs) Woo indeed. Um, so we're going to do what we, you know, our general thoughts and feelings and then talking points and such and such. Okay. So off the top, we kind of knew what we were getting into. Like you read the first part of a book, you kind of know what the second part's going to be about. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Like, okay, the issues aside, I didn't expect everything to be fixed, but they fixed a lot of things. Like Mm -hmm. I, my biggest complaint was I didn't know what anti-magic was in book one. I know what it is now, (laughs) kind of. Like I get it, shape-shifting kind of like, is mercurial, mercurial, mercurial? That's not mercurial, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. kind of like wispy creatures that shape shift, and they're mm. they're fun. I actually like the descriptions, like the, the descriptions of the cravens, even though we don't remember their names. I like the description of the gods, like when Ramek comes in. Like there's a scene where Rujek is like can't stop staring at him, and mm. he's like kind of human, but also like smoky and like mm. you know like in this like robe. It's like very fun, and then mm. he just kind of goes like. It's hard to be in the presence of a god, isn't it? Before like turning into his like human form. And you're, oh like, my god, bad it was, like, bitch! Yeah, like it was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you you got the. I feel like this book more. I got the sense of like the world they were living in, not necessarily geographically <laughs> at <laughs> all. Mm-hmm. No, but I do feel like the descriptions of like town and the descriptions of the marketplace and things they just had some really great details in there that i really enjoyed the vizier is like low-key the villain that just keeps getting away with it and that's really kind of fun because Mm -hmm. you know he keeps kind of winning it makes the stakes higher and higher i actually do like that rujek has a voice in this one because i agree in book one, I was like, I just don't know what Rujik is doing in the story. But but now I kind of see his motivations, what he's looking for, his internal dialogue. It just gives his character more depth. Same thing mm-hmm. with Sukar and SNI. I feel like they've been fleshed out more. And, and that's really fun because it gives it gives the character something to do that isn't just Rujik and Ara being in love. Um, mm-hmm. And then I really like the Dima Daho story. I actually really... It's like Afia's like little chapters. Second is like the Dima Daho story. I really like the God interaction, like the Ibrims thing with his magical portals and everything. It's I think it adds a lot of texture to the book and it makes it really mm. 
really creative. It, it, are there some plot holes? Sure. Is everything, are the timelines not exactly <laughs> where they need to be? People be appearing and uh, disappearing in places in two weeks' time? Sure, sure, sure. But overall, like, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely, I totally, I, I completely agree. I feel like this book feels more... It's very interesting because, yeah, I I think as far as like fleshing things out, I'm like, yep. I feel like part one specifically just really did a lot of that work, Um, Mm -hmm. which honestly, I don't necessarily even mind the motif of being like, I'm going to demonstrate a concept before I explain what it is type of thing. Like, I feel like that's just like life. So assuming that you would just read more of the books, it's kind of like, okay, like I'll eventually learn what this thing is as opposed to just kind of having a concept be introduced and then like later right. exemplified. So I was like, okay, I, I kind of like the playing with that, with the anti-magic and, and, and even the Cravens. Like, I mean, honestly, we were literally like, are Cravens crabs? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? And like, now I'm just like, oh, well, like Cravens are like, like if anything, they're, they're kind of bird-like. Like they have bird-like features. But yeah, like to your point, they're kind of like mercurial, like shape is they can play around with it. Um, yeah. And even with the Cravens, it's funny because you get to see kind of the like the weird ways that they interpret humans. So like one yeah. of the Cravens, for example, like their human cloak is like really dope. The other one, like sometimes like, I don't know, the features on the human face are like a little off. Like sometimes like the, like the eyes aren't exactly at the right angle or like, you know, it's just like other subtle things where it's just like, okay, like this isn't like you're trying to mimic a person and like... <laughs> Right. You still don't fully know what that is. It's like um, when an old person like comes into like the high school and is like, "Hey, kids, young people things, young people things, young exactly." Things. It's like, like people like, things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, girl. Um, or even like um, with the Orishas, it's kind of fun. Like even for example, in like the Dima backstory, like we see some of her conversations with like her and Daho, where like Dima would be like, "Ah, yes, this is what Daho's thinking," because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, she can just like read his thoughts, and so she'll like say things that like he finds concerning because like how the fuck did you know that and she's like oh like i just i mean you were right. like, your thoughts were saying that so like i just i just i just use that information to have this conversation with you and daho's like please do not read my mind in the middle of a conversation she's like why would i like is that weird and he's like yes so like even just like in like the orishas are always like uh humans have all, like, all these weird customs that honestly don't make any sense but like i mean right. i guess if we're gonna exist among them we can't like just be out here wild and so it's, just, it's fun to see like those cultural differences and kind of like yeah. the fleshing out of like the different species and types of, 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 I guess not people, but like just what, what life can look like consciousness. Exactly. It feels very like the stone eaters, right? Like, mm. I feel like Hoa was always like, I don't know. The humans take like a really long time to do anything. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like bitches would be talking and like Hoa was like, was that 10 minutes? Was that 10 years? Has, like, has I it don't... been a century? Or <laughs> like, <laughs> like the person hasn't died yet. So it hasn't been a hundred years, but they haven't aged significantly e- has 50? it been a couple months? Like, right. I uh, like, actually, it I think fifty years. Is, they're looking at me expectantly. I don't think they wait for two months for me to respond. <laughs> so I think it's been ten minutes. Okay, I should say something like just like, <laughs> right. like shit like that. Where it's like, bitch, what? Like how? Like this is wild. Um, and and, and, and things like that I like because it, it levels the playing field, right? Because I yeah, think yeah. at first it was like, god damn, the Orisha's just out here just playing chess with the humans as pieces. But now it's like, okay, like the Orishas actually need Ara and they need Rujek and they like actually are real. Like, like Romek even has moments where he's like yeah we did not make the most ideal decisions Mm -hmm. um yes we're powerful but we're not necessarily all knowing like we can't 
like we're also fallible ourselves and so i feel like it, it like things like that and even just seeing the ways in which they kind of struggle to sometimes assimilate among people is just kind of like okay like y'all yes have more material power as far as like access to magic and things like that but like there's still things are a li- not i wouldn't say are even but feel more even than they were before which i'm like okay this kind of makes me also just like dislike the orishas less honestly yeah. <laughs> that being said i'm still like this is still like how do we work on sustainability for this? Because let's just let's just let's work with the assumption that like everything's gonna work out here. I'm like Arisha's. How do we make sure that this doesn't happen? Like, I, like again. I really want to deliver this feedback in a way that this does not repeat itself. Because like this was kind of wild. Like the predicament we're now in. So right, right. Like you like low key screwed up. You know, maybe high key. Um, <laughs> I do think that it's interesting. You know, people think if you have more power or more sentience, you're going to make better decisions. But I also Mm. think that's not true because you might overlook details. Like, you know, like you might overlook, like if you last a millennia, like you're not going to consider the preciousness of a year, you know, the same way like Mm. we live years. So seconds are discardable so i i really find that really interesting of like you have these orishas who can see you know and they can move through space (laughs) but Mm. then like they'll be like have you considered just like asking someone and they're like hmm and how did you reason that out and they're like it was literally (laughs) our only choice so that's how we reasoned that out (laughs) right um and i think that's a really interesting i don't know it's a really interesting way to look at it kind of humbles me when I think about like, so you're over here just judging animals and plants, but like they'll be doing stuff that you're like, yeah, I guess I could have done it that way. And it would have been so much easier. I don't know. I like, Mm. I like that different sentient. We can learn from different sentience and we become destructive when we underestimate the sentience of other creatures and beings. Speak on Um, it. Yeah. Anyway. So that was interesting. I wanted to touch on, sort of the way power is used in the story that I find Mm -hmm. to be a really interesting examination of power as a concept outside of, again, like I always say, I love fantasy for this reason. If you're going to do it, like use the fantasy world to do an examination of something in a way that you maybe can't do in the real world without like bringing up, you know, whatever cultural context that -hmm. comes with it. So like, I love how, magic is a type of power dynamic that can be used in a way, you know, mm. Aphia's like use of psychological powers and like the same thing that the Vasir is doing and um, Raneke and, and, and Artie. And it's interesting to be like, we think of power in the physical, but there's also a very strong psychological component to it. Mm. Like how, how responsible is Tariq for his actions? Like, <laughs> How much is someone responsible for being controlled by another powerful psychological being? And mm-hmm. that's in this situation, we're all very sympathetic. But at what point do you not care? <laughs> you know, because a lot of people are not alive anymore. You know, right. how much sympathy do we have for Aphia being born into this position where she was basically raised to do what she ended up doing? And then how much are we like, yeah, but, you know, everyone in the tribal lands is dead. So Mm. sympathy stops there. You know, it's like, and then we we think to ourselves, like, I'd never be controlled. Like, I'd never be in Tariq's position. But what do you Mm -hmm. do if you are? Like, 
what do you, and obviously this is harder to happen in the real world, but it's kind of not mm-hmm. like, right. People get into cults. Like there's all sorts oh, of, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's not just that, like what about the influence of the internet? What about the influence of all sorts of things? Like what mm-hmm. happens when you wake up from being psychologically manipulated by someone else? How do mm-hmm. you account for your behavior during that time? And I think there can be a really frightening loss of self and loss of mm. confidence and and kind of like invasion of privacy, you know, yeah. and to know that, and then, which is kind of Daho's point, like you can't just be going into people's minds. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's kind of wild, Dima. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's, I think that's really interesting and, and watching Ara kind of, and we kind of didn't talk about this a lot, but Ara is struggling with having these powers and knowing mm-hmm. where to not, where's the line between using it and becoming like her mom and not using it and allowing bad things to happen, right? Like she didn't really want to do get involved with Tariq's little story thing, but she's like, but I can't, mm-hmm let him take the fall when I know Afia can control people's minds and turn people into Nazgul's. Um, <laughs> is that what the word was? Was it Nazgul's? It could have been something else. I can't Wait, remember. Wait, the, the zombie thing? Yeah. maybe It was, it was like Imzumbi or something like Im-Zumbi. that. I think Nazgul's <laughs> is from like Lord of the Rings or something. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> it came off the tongue so easily. I was like, I was like what the <laughs> fuck no i no friend i love that point so much and it, and, I, and i love it especially in a fantasy novel right because it's like you have like i mean as far as magic i mean the rich is out here just summoning beasts like you, people over here just conjuring mm-hmm. fire like can use have access to just a ridiculous amount of things that can cause like yeah like that material harm but it's interesting yeah. that like even in that like the power dynamics, psychological influence and manipulation, things of that nature are still, it's almost seen as like a, its own plane of magic or power, where it's like just the ability to do that. I think what's interesting about that is that like with Aphia specifically, it's kind of like, I think your question is a really sound one as far as where does sympathy lie, right? Like it's like, yes, it's easy to be like, okay, like Tariq like didn't have agency over his body. Like Aphia was the one who like made him do it. But then at the same time, if you were to witness the murder or something like that, all you see is Tariq doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, there's just one of those, it's, it's like, or if you're not alive anymore, you're like, I don't care who. <laughs> you're like, I don't really give a fuck who did. It. I All I saw was Tariq kill me. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's such an interesting question like of like how part does that go and it's interesting because i think in the real world when you think of like sort of what that kind of psychological manipulation can look like i think it typically is more prolonged like it's more of like a slow burn type of situation like it kind of happens over time mm. it's interesting to see it show up in a way that's so sudden like it's like a like a switch is flipped and like afia just immediately you know is yeah. is controlling people's brains in, in that way and so but then what about uh, what about war Right, you send a bunch of people to do something. Is it the individual's responsibility, or is it the rather the larger apparatus mm. that's given you instructions? Right, like it's that intangible, and you know this comes up with war crimes. Like people can say, "I was just following orders." What does that mean after a while? Right. What does that mean? Right, you know, and and but what's and that that's that's a question of itself. But I like want to even pull back the lens and like, no one ever puts on trial the collective consciousness that put forth this situation Mm. like the system that like basically if you look at these people as like tentacles of a of an octopus like Mm -hmm. on trial are the individuals but is the system itself the collective decision to do this by 
whatever powerful people mm-hmm. or the culture at large is that is that examined and put on trial? No, Tariq's on trial, but is Ren Ren Eke on trial? Is this whole Should system be. that they're using on trial? Is you know is yeah, I guess magic is a little on trial, but not really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's interesting. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I mean, I, I mean, I think at that point, if the collective consciousness could be put on trial, then we would also have to acknowledge the fact that this could happen to any of us. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the idea that like we can get our convictions or our belief structures or, 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 or we even ourselves like are susceptible to psychological manipulation and harm. It's, it's, it's something that I think it's a harder question to like, at least with like, okay, if Tariq is on trial, it's like, okay, like we can fall under the illusion that like, yeah. okay, once Tariq has to like, you know, atone for whatever they did, then like that ceases this ability to, you know, like, still be manipulated in that way but it's just like it's just a scapegoat it's like because yeah. i mean Tariq could have easily been someone else Tariq just happened to be in the position the, the person that Afia chose and that's kind of like where things went there and this is interesting because i feel like this is something that i i do really like about aris character like she doesn't think she's too good to fall into the pull of the yeah. king or to repeat the behavior of her mother i think a yeah. lot of people especially when you're so there's such an adversarial relationship to someone. They're like, Oh, like I would never do this thing. Like I could, like, she's like, no, I could, I could Mm -hmm. like, she's like my, like my mom was not always the way that she was like, you know, over time is sort of how she started to slowly bit by bit, just kind of become okay with like more and more harmful behavior to the point where like, she just kind of lost the plot. And she's like, I mean, ultimately I have way more magic than she ever did. And if Mm -hmm. I'm in the same position of power and like, you know, my own convictions, are strong enough for me to sort of put those first before the well-being of other people. Like there's literally at that point, there's literally no difference between yeah. like me She's and like, how my mom I showed fallible? up. Yeah. Like don't I like reject and I'm over here breaking glasses because this person is sitting next to him. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, I think you're like, you're right. We all think that we, we are not, we couldn't be those people. And I think that's a hubris mm-hmm. that allows for a lot of bad to happen. Agreed. Because we think, Oh, I would never be the people. <laughs> well, believe you me, if you live in the U S <laughs> you've been complicit in a lot of stuff, a lot mm-hmm. of things that you didn't examine. And that's probably true all over the world. But like mm-hmm. the fact uh, we give ourselves this pass of like, we're good people. We would never. And that person did it because they're a bad person, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you might not have done it. You might not have, you might not have done it because you never had the opportunity. <laughs> you might not have done it because you never had on. that much power. Right. You might not have done it because there are consequences that you don't want to deal with. But to think, it, I guess the thing I'm starting to learn as I get older is if a person, if, if, if some humans are the same. So if someone could do it, it means you could do it. And if that's the case you have to think about why would I not do it? And that's where mm-hmm. where conviction and philosophy becomes important. And and then and then to a larger extent, bravery of like, what, mm-hmm. what will I stand for? Which I think we talked a little bit about in, in Grace of Kings. But mm-hmm. I think what makes, like you said, what makes Ara an interesting protagonist isn't that she, isn't that she is great with using her powers. Is that she thinks about, she's like, I've seen what this can mm-hmm. do. And and I'm wondering what I'm going to do now that I have it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. It's, and it's something that, well, first of all, 
snaps to that. Love everything you just said. Um, and yeah, I just feel like with, with Ara, it's, it's, it's a self-awareness and honestly a humility that I think is something that you don't, I, I don't, I feel like I don't often see that yeah. modeled. And so it's, it's refreshing to see like, okay, like you're, you're thinking about this expansively and responsibly, right? Like, it's like, you know, I know that this is technically what, like YA, I guess, but like, it's nice to kind of see that modeled here. I will say what is something that I still need to figure out? <laughs> this is like a bit of a pivot. It's like, what are the demons getting out of this? You know what I mean? Like, cause right now the, 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 the explanation is there's a Laura, the demons live on it. It's a gate between us and Alora. The demons want to like come in here and run through Zoran like a tomb raider. Like, okay, cute. But like, why? You know what I mean? Like, like what? Like, what? Yeah. Why? Like, it's just like, I'm, I'm still trying to parse through like the demons rationale. Cause I'm like, it gotta be stronger than like, we just want to take over the world because like, right. that's like, like you could also just like not take over the world. Or you like, could be like, "Hey, Corey, make us a new planet." Like, please. Right? <laughs> Do y'all just need more space? Like yeah. the original can give you more space. You know, like guess, I'm just I, I'm trying to figure that piece out. That's a really good point. I wonder. It, it maybe it's because a demon king is in love with Dima, and everyone's just gotta kind of fall in line with the demon king wants, or is it like we've been fighting for so long, all we know is to fight? Maybe. But also, know. all of this kind of seems like, um, again, when we get into that, it kind of just makes it feel like, okay, the Orishas are just, like, bullshitting again. Like, is this, like, some weird rivalry between, like, Kore and Rumek and, like, I don't know, whoever made the humans, who I still don't even know at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know either. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, you're right. The, as much as the details and, like, the the political, I would say, like, the, the capital p the lowercase p plot is making sense like i'm like "Mm -hmm, we gotta go to the tribal lands gotta get the people gotta stop the Mm -hmm. demon king the overall capital p i'm like wait a second what uh especially if you're gonna start bringing space and the great cataclysm in like what's the capital p plot (laughs) 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 you know maybe there is exactly yeah so that piece i'm still I'm, i'm curious to see how that's fleshed out um i hope it is more than just the demons are bad and want to take over Zoran. I hope there's something more nuanced there. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I want to learn more about Daho and like what exactly happened there. Yeah, like, yeah. Was his uncle, I don't know, influenced by humans or something or like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to, I, I'm curious what parallels exist and I feel like they're yeah. going to be there. So I'm just going to like put that there. Well, as like you know, to see. have you asked like, why does the Vizier want to have all this power? That oh, I'm just saying. Uh, literally, did I? Uh, we don't know either. That listen, okay. That some things to think about. Some things to think about. Um, mm-hmm. But friend, did you thoughts. have any predictions for? Ooh, nice transition. <laughs> I think <laughs> my prediction is that I think they're gonna they're they're definitely gonna find the survivors in in the tribal lands oh definitely um and they're gonna they they're, they're you know they're gonna be like we're hiding we don't want to you know we i think they got a plan going on themselves i think they've got things that they know you know that they haven't told anyone either you mm-hmm. know i think there's they're gonna be a moment where they find refuge in in the tribal lands with the survivors so that's gonna be mm-hmm. really beautiful 
I think, unfortunately, Sukar and Ara are going to start to have romantic feelings for each other for reasons nobody asked for. Um, I'm interested to see Rudrek. I feel like Rudrek is going to not turn evil. That's really simplistic. But I feel like right now him and Ara are very aligned. I think their story is going to kind of parallel Dima and Dahos a little bit. I see. You think so too? I sorry, that was that I, I said nothing else. Um yeah, no, I fully agree. <laughs> like I that literally yeah, yeah, sorry. You keep keep going, friend. <laughs> so I think that's gonna yeah, happen. Otherwise, I don't know. I've I don't know what's gonna happen to the Vizier. I feel like he's just gonna keep eviling <laughs> till mm. the end of his day. So that's what I think for part two. Yeah, I... What about you? I would say I'm definitely similar as far as the Rujik thing. I don't know. I just... I just don't fully trust Rujik. I don't know. Maybe it's my mm. own biases, but I'm like, there's just something... Something ain't curling over totally right with that one. I'm just a little... And maybe it's not to say that Rujik in, Rujik's independent character makes me not trust him, but I think his proximity to the Vasir mm. and, like, the power structure... It's like ultimately, Ooh. I mean, at the pr- at present, it seems like okay, Ruchik is like against his dad, like he's not really, and I guess his mom as well. Like he's like, oh, like this is like annoying. LOL, I have to like go back to the temple, like Tihi. But like at the same time, like I mean, in this in this voyage towards conquest and other shit, I mean, Ruchik does immediately benefit from all of that. So it is kind of one of those things where I'm like, are you gonna lose the plot somewhere, like? Right. You, Ruchik seems like someone who is like playing along and I feel like he's going to lose himself the in plot, the plot. Yeah. In the in the plot there in the power structure and I think I can see that. I can see the that. The material it's- benefits are going to be too great for him to because like it's one thing to be like, "Oh, like I guess now I'm the prince, like I guess I'll act my duties" versus being like, "Nah, fuck all this. Like I hi- I I'm actively rejecting this and I'm actively like pushing back." Yes. I haven't quite seen that yet with Ruchek. And so I'm like, I think I don't know. I think I feel like it's going to be Ruchek versus Ara. I think it's going to definitely be a Dima Daho parallel. Honestly, do I give a fuck about this whole Sukara thing? I mean, I know that like the seeds were being planted <laughs> since the beginning when they were like, Ara saved Sukara's life. Like, oh, she brought him back to life. Like, oh, he likes to garden and like he's shirtless and blah, blah, blah. But Second I'm just like, I, do, I just feel like everyone needs collective care and therapy. Like, Ara has literally gone through so much. <laughs> do I give a fuck about her being with a boy? Ara needs to heal. Like, yeah. Ara needs to grieve. Like, yeah. I just... Like, a relationship is just not... I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't... I don't yeah. care. I don't care. So... I was gonna say, you know, Ara might be the one, too, that turns evil. Like, I could see Rujik, like, getting caught up in the power and the anti-magic yeah. and the cravings, but Ara... Ara's... I could see her, you know... <laughs> Artie wasn't yeah. evil before either, you know. Things can she's got a lot of magic, you know, and she's she has shown restraint, but in her head, right? She's like, I guess I could kind of take them all out though. You know, that thought has run through her mind multiple times. She so. has, yeah. I mean, when the townspeople are like, Aren't you the one that summoned the demon? She's like, I mean, I could bring my kill count up. Right. So right. y'all can keep talking, but that can also be a fact as well. So just just consider that as you continue to speak to me. <laughs> like, right. no, Ara ain't fucking with. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Honestly, kind of yeah. fun that like we don't really know. Like we'll just agreed. Yeah, so agreed. Anyway, if you know or don't know, 
um, you can <laughs> let us know. <laughs> At the color pages on Twitter or our Instagram, these color pages, or hey, email us these color pages at gmail.com. Tell us what's up. Tell us if you're excited for this new season. Tell us if you like mm. the questions at the beginning. Let us know. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Marcy? Any last thoughts? Of course. Um, just want to say, you know, if the show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, please feel free to leave us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast, which could be Apple Podcasts or not. Oh. But regardless, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, we definitely love hearing from you all. We appreciate we any rating, comment, review, just any of that feedback is super, super helpful. So just, you know, just, just, just want to just offer that. Really appreciate that and appreciate you all. Also, if you know anyone in your life where you're like, you know what this person needs? Explorations of the Orishas and they bullshit. You know what this person needs? Like a really scandalous Coliseum scene where Tariq <laughs> is taken down. Like whatever you got from this episode, feel free to just send that. Or shoot, if you're like, I actually love this plot summary after reading Kingdom of Souls. And I would love for this person to have access to it. Like whatever you got from this, feel free to just send this episode to this person. Literally mm-hmm. just no context, no context. And then just take your phone and like put it in an oven and just walk away and just don't really think about the implications of what that can mean in the future just (laughs) do what you gotta do and we'll just kind of go from there because all that's really going to help our community to grow and be even better now um next time we're just going to get into part two so the rest of the book of uh reaper of souls um but between now and then aqua are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out no just until we meet again remember to Stay colorful.